Welcome back to R2Cast number 45, or should I say, Morning Holly. Oh look, there's wee Cammy. Today we have um, Crawford of Crawford's Farm. Crawford, if you want to say hello. Hi, hi, how you doing? Before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2Cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry. Whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry, the Scottish farmers got it for you. So one of one of um, Scotland's biggest farming YouTube, well, certainly biggest growing farming YouTubers, uh, I think it'd be fair to say. Um, my mum and dad will be watching this at some point. Uh, we have some massive fans sitting and watching you at the minute, Crawford. They're, they're massive fans from home. Could you tell us, before we get into sort of YouTube and, and Instagram life and all that sort of thing, could you tell us a bit about your home farm, what your background in farming is? Yeah, right. So we're we're a mixed arable farm. Um, well, majority is actually arable. Put on cows and calves last year. That was kind of thing I wanted to do. I came back to the farm last year after being at uni. Uh, we've also got a farm shop uh, on the farm, which... It's arguably bigger than the farm now, but it's been open kind of 20 years. That's run by my mum, dad, my brother, and I'm semi-involved in that, but mostly the farm. Um, yeah, so that's that's about us. Um, the the farm shop, what's it called? Glogburn Farm Shop. Glogburn. And is that just everything that's, uh, are you selling stuff, producing the farm and otherwise as well? Yeah, so it's the farm shop's kind of split into cafe restaurant area and then the shopping department, which has got gift area, booze area, we opened a butchery about two and a half, three years ago now, and that's producing beef, lamb, pork, whatever, and deli area, veg area. So yeah, it's that a lot of home produce. We try to focus on that as well, um, like some porridge oats, all our beef, obviously, bits and bobs. And that's just run by your family, no one else, or is there other staff members? Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. There's there's a lot of staff members. I'm forgetting they exist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, managed then by mum, dad, and my brother. And then there's, I think there's probably, like, I couldn't tell you the split between full time and part time, but there's maybe about forty or fifty staff. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's how long has it been open? It's coming up twenty years. It's been open now. So that's that's helped. That's helped grow the farm. If anything, it's diversified the farm but allowed the farm then to grow on the back of that and um, which i'm thankful for coming into the farm obviously so so do you not think had the farm shop been there yourself and your brother would have been able to come back and work full time farm um so well my brother my brother's not really he's not interested not not he's not not interested in the farm but he's he's solely in the shop he has nothing to do with the farm and then I'm kind of mostly on the on the farm. But yeah, if the, if the shop didn't exist, would there be space for the two of us? Within reason, yes, just about. But at now the farm's been able to grow. There's there's definitely space for us. There's there's a lot of opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. And you said booze. Is that is that pub or is that off license? Oh, booze. Um, no, just just like uh, wines, beers, whatnot. I wish there was a pub actually. It'd be good. 
Well, I feel that's something you've got to try and push now, is it not? <laughs> yeah, I know, I should. Well, we're, we're just extending the car park just adults. This week we started making a new car park and I put in one of the YouTube videos asking people to guess what the project was and some of the guesses were start a bar, open a bar. <laughs> I like your viewers. That sounds like... That sounds like <laughs> could, could you just tell, for those that the folk listening, where that is exactly your base? Yeah, so we're kind of just right in the middle of Scotland where... Obviously, southwest, um, two or three miles west of Perth. Um, right. If Brock's then round about two miles from there. Grand. Well, gonna have to check it out when you ever pass it by. Um, you talked you talked about it being arable and and cattle. Is is the only livestock cattle? Yep. And um, we've got free range hens. So that's kind of the basis of where the farm shop started. And um, so my brother Fergus, when he was at school, he wanted some hens. Um, and he had, I don't know, he obviously just started with a, a small number. He's 10 years older than me. Right. He started with a, a small number of hens in about 2002, 2001, and would sell them from the garage. He'd sell them from the garage or take them to school and send, sell them to teachers and parents or whatever. And on the back of that, mum would make jams and chutneys and whatnot, sell them at the garage, and then mum said, I want a wee shop. So that, that was the next step, build a wee shop. And just since then, it's grown there's never been a, a grand plan of where it's going next. It's just been, we'll build that wee bit and then, okay, that bit's full. We'll add another bit onto it, add another bit. There's never been a, a grand plan, but it's just added on and that's where it came from. It, it sometimes works better sort of gradually. Oh, well, this is working. Let's push that a bit. Oh, well, this is working. Like, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, is that hens as layers or is meat? Uh, layers, yeah. So, so we've now got four and a half thousand free range hens half of them half of the eggs will go through the shop and either baking for the restaurant cafe or just sold as eggs for customers and then the other half get all delivered locally around about and um, we shops and spars and bits and bobs yeah yeah, yeah. um what what cattle is it you're running beef cattle i take it and what sort of breeds are you looking at there yeah so the beef cattle started that last year Started with 20 last year where we kind of ended up with a mix of everything and anything because we just went to the market and it was like, well, then let's get some of them. Let's get some of them. Um, we have always had fattening store cattle on the farm. Dad's always had them. And then previous to dad, my grandpa, he bred Abbey and Angus. Um, so it's, it is kind of, it has been within the farm and my dad knows what he's talking about with cattle, but me and dad didn't really have too much not not we didn't have any knowledge on it but we didn't have much experience in cows and calves so first year we started with they ended up mostly simmentals and then this year more simmentals again so we're up to 43 44 cows and calves majority simmentals we've got charlie bull and an angus bull the charlie bull we've had one year calves and the angus bull is new and I don't know how long he's going to last because he's an absolute nutcase. <laughs> you get them, you get them. Um, yeah. Yeah, is that, uh, I take it you're calving, well, you'll be finished calving at the minute, sorry. I'm thinking Two left to go. Two left to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two late ones that basically, because of farms mainly arable, at harvest time when the bulls should have been coming out, we just didn't even get a chance to take them out. So, <laughs> so there was two late ones. No, it, it happens, it happens. Um, and just for those of you listening, this has been filmed mid-May. Um, in case you're wondering, I think this will go out in July. I think that's a weird time to finish, Gavin. Um, 
What What about the arable setup? Is that mainly barley or? Yes, we kind we kind of grow a bit of everything, um, just rotation wise. So we grow winter crops, winter oats, winter barley, winter wheat, and oilseed rape as well, and then spring barley, spring oats, and then you split them again into some. Some of the oats are for seed. Um, all the oats are for seed, actually. Is that right? I think so. All this, all the oats are for seed. Then barley, feed, malting, and seed barley. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a bit of everything, and we do um, let out some of the ground for potatoes, peas, or carrots just to help rotation wise. What you just sorry, you just cut off their peas, uh, or... potatoes, peas, and carrots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how have you found OSR from an established perspective? We've we've found it all right. I think Scotland as a basis got got a hold of the fact that you need to be sowing it early to kind of get away from cabbage stem flea beetle. I think England had issues. They were trying to, I think they were doing the opposite to us, leaving it really, really late to kind of let's get away from the cabbage stem, cabbage stem flea beetle pressure and, and wait until they die down a bit and then sow it. And they just didn't really have much luck with that. Whereas I think most of Scotland kind of, we managed to get a hold of it and get it in early and established. And we're still managing. This year we've got one bad field, which is probably one of the worst ones we've had, but it's still not awful. And it's not due to cabbage stem flea beetle. It's actually club root in the field, which we should have tested for. So yeah, the, the, the rape's looking good. And the price of it has is, is gone through the roof as well with the sunflower prices. Yeah, well, that's it, and yeah, with uh, it's kind of it's it sounds bad to do well out of this whole Ukraine thing, but it, it, it's it's happening. You know, it's it, it's the is it not the biggest producer of sunflowers on the planet? I think. Yeah, so I think of world <laughs> exports, Ukraine produced ninety five percent of world sunflower oil exports. Oh wow, it's not just like they have like twenty percent, right? Yeah, okay. I think I, I, don't quote me on that, but I think that I think that's right. Yeah, so so anything from anywhere else is going to fly. Um, is all of the all of the arable produce apart from the uh, feed stuff? Are you selling that? Is that all being sold? Um, so well, some of the seeds we keep obviously to resow again. Uh, what 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 else do we keep ourselves? Some oats which we um that get milled and sold for porridge in the shop. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's all getting sold. Um, in various stages, we just last year we managed to get a new shed put up, which is helping the fact that we can we don't need to sell it straight away, and we're a bit more flexible with how we store. And how are you finding a fertilizer? Fertilizer, it's, it's a tricky one. It seems it seems awful. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be in a position where we were totally all beef or all relying on the grass for the beef and things like that we're, because we've, we're mostly arable it's, it's not that bad for us because the price of the commodities right now the wheat, the barley, the oats it, it's, it's fine the risk is just massively increased so if you have a bad field or you have a bad harvest the production costs of everything um, and the value that's in the ground is so much higher so there's a bigger risk in that way. You you get a bigger kick when you have a bad a bad year. But the margins, as of prices right now, the margins are, are fine. 
Do you know roughly what those prices are sitting at? Or uh, yes, well, wheat, uh, <clears throat> new crop wheat. So if you're selling at harvest time, you could you could probably sell today for three fifty. I think check today it was three fifty two. Um, yeah, and I mean last was last harvest. I can't remember exactly, but maybe one eighty, one ninety. So <laughs> I was not expecting three fifty when I worked in Essex. It was one hundred and seven. Yeah, exactly. So the, the commodity price is there, partly due to the war, um, which is kind of farming traditionally does well during times of war, yeah. which is a bit of a, a, a sad stat, but it's true and you've kind of got to capitalise on it. Capitalize on it. Um, so yeah, yeah, prices are prices are, are fine. And they actually released new prices for fertiliser last week. Um, so you're what was it? Ammonium nitrate, I think, peaked at about £950 a tonne. And then last week they released it at 650 So that was quite a, a wee jump back, not masses, but better than expected. But um, but there's, there's, I think there's not that much to be sold. Um, even though the price has been released at that, I don't think it, it means that very much. I suppose it's quite hard to source, though. Yeah, well, one of the guys... One of the guys who sells, who we sell rape to, I think that's who we're speaking to. They basically only got given 11, 11 loads to sell, which is, oh, for them will be absolute peanuts. So the price is just going to go up again. So I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a, who knows what's going to happen with that. And just, just for reference on that, um, about £170 up on wheat. You were yeah. saying morning nitrate peaked at nine, was it 960 you said? Uh, yeah, around about there. Yeah, uh, and is is now back at about what the six fifty. But let's say this time last year, what would you be paying for that? Ammonium nitrate. I'm not actually that sure because we didn't we didn't use ammonium nitrate. But right. I'll compare it against urea. So urea is yeah. uh, what's it? Forty six percent nitrogen. Ammonium nitrate is thirty four percent. It's the nitrate that nitrogen that's the cost in it. So um, um, urea peaked at about eleven hundred pounds a ton last year. Yeah. Started with a two anyway. With a two, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That's so. I'm just writing down the figures there as you say it. You know, it's up just over double on your wheat price, and your urea's. Let's even say it's two ninety, three and a half times up. You know, and, and if it's two forty, then that's you know five times up. Yeah, it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a worrying prospect, but it's that sort of level. Um. I should probably just say, uh, <clears throat> guys, if you're listening from, <laughs> if you're listening, I hope you're still listening. Uh, the oilseed rape when we're talking about their establishment, the um, the flea beetle that Crawford had mentioned has, has caused major issues with establishment. It's just attacking the the uh, oilseed rape before establishment can even happen. Um, to the point, and I, I think this is very interesting. I heard this on the, the Farmers Weekly Farming Podcast, which is another podcast I would definitely check out. I don't know how the Scottish farmer will be happy with me saying that, but it's a very good podcast. Um, and they were talking about KWS, who's one of the biggest sort of seed, seed distributors in the country and Europe for that matter. I'm wearing their hat at the moment. Oh, KWS. there you are. Perfect. Look at KWS. Are you looking for a podcast to sponsor? Uh, they um, they sort of offer this, and I don't know if this is still the case, uh, Crawford, maybe you'll know, this sort of 50-50 offer where you can pay 50% for your seed and then the final 50% if it establishes, which is insane that they are showing that this is a problem. Now, that was... That was 2020. That was the summer of 2020. I know they were talking about doing that, selling sort of into the 
into the winter uh, crop come the end of the summertime. Um, is that still a thing? Are you aware of that, or is that? Uh, I couldn't help you on that one. Um, I'm yeah. not really sure. I don't think we grow any KWS rape. We grow KWS, KWS other stuff, but not any rape. Um, brilliant advertisement. We're in it as we speak. We're in it as we speak. Um, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned uni. What what did you do at uni? Was that agriculture? No, it was actually mechanical engineering. Um, so I I, I kind of came out of school. I didn't. I wasn't planning on going to uni, but my mum said you better just you're going to uni. That's that's what she told me. You're going. So anyway. <laughs> I went to uni, uh, mechanical engineering, ended up doing a master's and just, I did my bachelor's and was, what do I do now? And everyone else was staying for a master's. So I was like, ah, this is a good crack. I'll just keep going down the boozer. Anyway, ended up with a master's and, and I was, I was applying to jobs or one. So this was basically at the very start of COVID. So I was applying to jobs. So the first issue was I wasn't getting the jobs. And the second issue, I was actually really realizing I didn't want any of these jobs. And I hadn't, I've never really known exactly what I'm going to do next. Still don't know. And so I ended up back here on the farm. And then that's that. And I'm here two years later. And yeah, I kind of realized I didn't want to. Although, yeah, I work technically for my dad, but it's it's not the same as working for a a boss boss. Yeah, no, it's different. And do you get on quite well with your old man? Yeah, yeah, we get on fine. We don't, we, <laughs> yeah, we get on absolutely, absolutely fine. We probably have indifferences in some stuff, but we never like argue or anything like that. It's he has his opinion, I have my opinion, and then for sure, the boss, so he goes with his. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you have your opinion, but they're never used. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, well, it's 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 probably the case of I'm coming in as as the, as the young gun, all guns fire, all guns fire. <laughs> And thinking I've got all the best ideas, and then he's got all the experience. So, more probably ninety percent of the time knows knows better than I do. But ten percent of the time, I'll be on. I'll be better. <laughs> you'll cherish those ones. You'll cherish those ones. When when you went away, uh, when you when you were told, uh, right, Crawford, you're going to uni. Um, did, you, did you ever see agriculture in your future at that point? It was always an option. I I. I I kind of saw it as a, I'll go and do this, and I've always got that as a, a backup if things go wrong, if I don't want to do it, if whatever. So it was always there, and it, I'm probably in quite a fortunate position in that it was there. Um, yeah, l- lucky that I have that option. So, and then I just ended up falling back on that option. Yeah. Um, what, what, it's always quite, it's always interested me. I've said a few times that. Um, there's a few, there's what some of these jobs that when I was younger, I always remember thinking, Oh my god, they're so cool. Veterinary was one, engineer was one. I mean, I, I can generally barely use glue or a hammer, you know, but um, <laughs> it always sort of struck me as this really cool job. What, what does that master's include? Is it project based? Is it how does it go? Yeah, well, I, I didn't even know going into it, I should have done more research, but. <laughs> I, I went for mechanical engineering because I thought, oh, it's, pra- it's, it's going to be practical. And I've always done better with practical things than reading a book. Um, typical farmer, I can't read a book. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was just like equivalent, I felt, of doing a maths degree. It was just loads of maths and loads of numbers and loads of sums and calculations. And 
it's it's yeah, it's it's very different to what I thought it was going to be. That because it's got mechanic in it, I, I just associated with that bit. Whereas it's actually very much computer-based software coding sums and maths. And yeah, it's it's not practical. If you're going into it thinking um, this is a practical degree, it's not. No, I mean, engineering's a science now, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. Um, with with the sort of, we, we sort of touched upon the farm and, and, and what was there and stuff, but we never actually fully get into what, what size is the farm? Um, so we probably farm uh, 1,300-ish acres um, between some that is our own, some tenanted bits and bobs, and it's probably split. Uh, 80% of that, we will have our own cereal crops, maybe 10 to 15%, no, maybe 10% will be let out to potatoes, peas, carrots, and then... And then obviously a bit of grassland. So we, we lease out some gra- grassland for sheep, other grass, grassland we use for our own cattle. And then we've got the hens. Uh, we've also just put on, last year we put on a field of sunflowers. Right. Um, so there's, and there's 10, well, 15, 13 acres this year of sunflowers. And that, this year will be the first time you harvest sunflower? No, second year. Second. So it's, it's not to harvest, it's, um, it's as a part of the shop. So last year, sowed these sunflowers and we cut a trail into it. I'd right. seen it been, I'd seen it been done and um, I'd seen it been done abroad and then there's a guy I don't you'll you'll probably know of him, Ollie Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he did it the year before last. Um because I didn't really think you could do it in the UK, let alone Scotland. So he'd done it down in England. I thought, all right, we can let's try it. So we went for that last year and that, that kind of was a big success. So we're doing that again this year. We've got some interesting plans which are remaining secret. <laughs> is that so? When you're saying for the shop, is it to sell the sunflowers, or is it as part of a maze, or is it a? Yeah. So I, technically, it's, we call it a trail, um, right. but it's it's we have we had this ten acre field. I went in with um, a quad bike with a wee sprayer in the back. Spray the wee pass. There's no crosses because some flowers are like seven foot tall. Yeah. So if you get lost in a 10-acre field, you, you're done. We have to get <laughs> a, the air ambulance to come and look for people later. Um, but yeah, it's a trail roundabout. There was two trails in it. One, which was just a long walk. There was nothing on the trail, just a nice peaceful walk. And the other trail had like games in it for kids. Like it was jumbo Jenga and throw a horseshoe at a peg and things like that. And yeah, it, it was open for four weeks. And each week, the first weekend, we we're like, oh, is there anyone going to come to this? Second weekend, oh, there's a few people coming. Third weekend, it was getting quite busy. Fourth weekend, we had to close down. It got too busy. Really? <laughs> yeah, it went absolutely mega. It was like you see on Clarkson's farm when his yeah, the, the road was queued up, the crossroads <laughs> were blocked. I it was it was a bit soul destroying on the last day on this Saturday about. Two o'clock, we made decision we're gonna to have to close because it was just absolute carnage. The roads were blocked, so I <laughs> I had to go out onto the main road, walk down about I don't know hundred cars maybe, and just say, "Look, I'm sorry, we're closed. Um, it's it's gone totally out of hand, and um, <laughs> we're gonna to have to tell you to turn around and go home." Basically, 
which was soul destroying because there was people like, oh, we've come from Inverness, we've come from Dumfries, we've come from Aberdeen. Was like, oh. well, it was, that was that was the trickiest bit of it all, but it had to be done. So what's the plans for this year, managing to keep it <laughs> So this, this year is going to be a ticketed system. So right. we can limit the exact amount of people who can come every day. And it, ticketing has its benefits that it can, it can spread out um, bad days. It can fill in weekdays which wouldn't would normally be quieter so it's not it's we're quite happy to go with that no no good and it, I, I must have picked you up it wrong earlier so that the peas the tatties and the carrots you're not growing them yourselves no 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 so yes right. we let out the ground um for other guys to come in contractors and people who because the, the tatty guys work on massive acreages they have to for the the kit they're dealing with there's not that many people in the country that grow 50 acres of spuds. It's, yeah. it's not it's not economical. Um, so, yeah, let out. This year's probably 50 acres or 45 or there, thereabouts of, of potatoes and then a bit of carrots. Right, yeah. And is it, is it normally the same people coming back? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they are effectively bidding for to use your ground, but... <laughs> If you, you kind of want to get into a stage where you're you're working with one person, we're working with one person on the spuds. They look after the ground as well. They they work with us because they want to keep the ground as well. We want the ground looked after, so it works in both of our interests to kind of work for each other and do a good job on both sides of the of the page. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worthwhile having a long term tenant that's that's easier to work with than. Trying to constantly go and bid more and not actually knowing what's yeah. coming. Yeah, you'd maybe end up with another <laughs> another few quid an acre, but for the hassle, it could be worth. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's not worth it. No, absolutely. And we mentioned sunflowers. Well, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have a quick glance at folks' Instagrams and stuff like that before before I sort of interview them. And I see tulips as well. Is there other flowers you are growing? Yeah. So off the back of the sunflowers. <laughs> um, my mum wanted to do a patch of tulips just as a kind of pick your own flowers. So put them in this year as a, it was kind of a bit of a proof of concept, put them in the ground and see what happens. And yeah, it's, it's been fairly successful. It, we, If we were to do it again, we'll do it on a, a much bigger scale. And we've learned quite a lot this year in figuring out how to do it. But yeah, a, a bigger scale. Because so, all these kind of things, the sunflowers, the tulips, it's a very like visual thing um, and it spreads like wildfire on in- on Instagram and things like that. The sunflowers specifically, but yeah, it's a visual thing. So the, like, the bigger and the grander it is, the better the visual is, the better the ability for that picture to spread. Because um, that's what happened with the, the sunflowers. There was a guy came out with a drone and he came up to me and he asked, can, can I take a drone picture? I was like, yeah, fine, as long as we can use the images. But it turns out he was actually he had quite a few followers on Facebook and he was big in Persia. He put this picture up and it just like that, just overnight. It, it ended up in like seven different newspapers. <laughs> STV turned up for an interview. I was like, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> <laughs> you spent your life on camera. Of course you're cut out for it. <laughs> uh, not at that stage. I'd only been doing it for a couple of months. Um, so it's you've sort of came back and so I'm right in saying that would be the end of 2019 you'd have come back. Uh, 2019, yeah, yeah. 
yeah so it was <clears throat> yeah when we first went into like a lockdown that's when I ended up full time but yeah full time on the farm we must have been at uni at the exact same time uh, I went 2014 finished 2019 um, what, what, what uni were you at? well no I didn't do mechanical engineering I did agriculture uh, and then about? masters in food security and air and then right, class. okay, okay. Um, yeah yeah I think you were Edinburgh uh, yeah, Harriet Watt Harriet Watt fake Edinburgh Harriet <laughs> <laughs> Watt's like the home engineer isn't it really That's yeah funny. it's meant to be good for engineering yeah it's, it's where most folk go um, I'm just trying to work out if you were there did you know someone called John Murchie? No. No, I just, I'm, I think, no, because he'd be the year above me. And I don't even know if it was mechanical, I think it was mechanical engineering. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so coming in, so it's all sort of happened in two years. So it'll be quite, <clears throat> you, you've you've already sort of implemented these changes. There have been quite a lot of quick changes since you started. Um, but for, by the sounds of it, your family were pretty advanced anyway, changing things every year and every year. So, so is, is there any plans for the coming years like that? Not that you have to tell us your secret. <laughs> I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Um, uh... There's all there's always things on the go, and there's there's no like there's no lack of ideas and things you can do. It's just like the the finding the time to do these ideas and do these things. Um, yeah, the ideas isn't an issue. It's the the infrastructure behind doing it all, and because it is. Well, mum, my dad, and my brother they 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 run the shop, and then me and my dad on the farm, and. It is. Would we have different managers of different sections in the shop and stuff? But the 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 kind of development and ideas still or just comes from. I mean, I'm, I've only been here the two years, so it says it just comes from us four, and it's like <laughs> which which bit do we do? Which bit do we go for? So yeah, there's there's no lack of things to do. And we find that if if you just do something and do it well enough, it will be a success. Um, there's a there's a list of things we could do, but yeah, getting the, the time and the the, the know how to do these things as well. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I guess <clears throat> you know the farms there, uh, cattle, arable shops there. Brother brothers involved with that. You've created your own diversification. Now, some people see it as a diversification. Some people are still to sort of adopt it as that. But uh, you're, as we mentioned earlier, a YouTuber. Um, did that start the second you got home? What made you start that? No, so it didn't start the second I got home. So that's probably two, two and a bit years I've been home now. And I've been doing YouTube about a year and a month or something like that. So it was after about a year. And why did I start this? I've I've always I've always used YouTube myself, and I don't I don't really watch normal normal television as you call it. Watch no, sports. Yes, it's not. Everyone can agree. There's not much going on t- TV these days. <laughs> so yeah, I've I've watched quite a lot of YouTube, and I've always considered it. But the kind of stereotype of YouTube is like a, a 
high octane, high energy person delivering this video. And it was like, I'm a doer Scotsman. (laughs) 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 Traditional doer Scotsman, you know? So I never really considered doing it. But then it was, then again, it was Ollie Harrison who did the sunflowers as well. I saw his, he was doing it as a, a daily video. This is what's going on on the farm. No, no thrills, no um, singing and dancing. That's what he was doing, and it, it was doing well. And I was like, well, I could do that. I hadn't actually, I'd, by this point, I'd never heard of Cami from the Sheep Game or many other farming YouTubers. I'd heard of Tom Pemberton. And I was like, oh, that concept works. And then I was like, right, let's do it. So I do five, five a week, uh, Sunday to Thursday videos. And it, yeah, it's just my day. It's out over the year. It's got more like not not thrills and whatnot, but more. I don't know how you how you'd word that, but it's it's developed over the years. It's got better, in my opinion. And so yeah, that's kind of how it started and why I do it. And it's it's kind of my own thing as well because I come home to the business where there's the arable farm, there's the shop, and mum, dad, and my brother run all that, and kind of at the same time wanted to have a wee bit of my own thing as well and um, that I can do or uh, kind of spend my time on as well five a week's intense That's... yeah <laughs> I, did, yeah. I, did, I did check just to see how many there was and I, well you said you've been doing it just about a year and a month there it's 289 videos are up and I was thinking when, well the reason I thought you must have started the second you came back was I was like 289 videos what, 140 a year, that makes sense, two a week. Five's a lot. And 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 how do you put a lot of editing into that, or is it like you say, sort of just getting the story in? Yeah, so I, I probably do I do quite a bit of so I'd say when I come in at the end of the day, I've got about an hour's worth of footage. There, thereabouts. But I'd say so I film with my phone um, and I've got a wee GoPro on a magnet. Um, nine, 80% of the filming is done on my phone 20% is on my GoPro a GoPro I just use when I want to plonk it somewhere to watch me doing something or chuck it on uh, the sprayer to see what's happening there I just put it on something and then this is when I'm filming myself or pointing it at something else so at the end of the day I've probably got an hour's worth of footage um, 20 25 minutes is me speaking to the camera. So I have to watch all of that to chop it all up and get it in a video. And the other 40 minutes is like long time lapses, bits and bobs that can easily just be chopped up. So I'd say during the day of actual filming, it'll take me in the day half an hour maybe to do the actual footage and then to edit edit it all. And I've got one to do after this. So it'll probably take me just over an hour to get it all edited and export it and then uploading it youtube you can do like a template and description and stuff like that you just and it so upload it on youtube and then the next day which will be tomorrow for example for today's video at some point during the day i'll spend five minutes making a thumbnail and a title so total time to make a video in a day uh two and a bit hours (laughs) So you, that was a bit of a long-winded uh, it's not it's, it's interesting explanation and I think a lot of folk 
don't get that. You, you've sort of just said there, you know, you're not putting thousands into it, you're, but you're still putting two and a bit hours. Yeah, like that's... Mm. Um, people think, oh, it's just YouTube. Like, you know, it's just a way to chuck videos up, make money. Uh, but, I mean, Cammy talks about it quite often. He puts, like, 14, 15 hours into some edits. Like, it's insane. Yeah, um, yeah, because, yeah, the guys who are doing less a week have got the time to put in... Uh-huh more but i think i think i've got it to the stage where i'm spending the right amount of time to make the video good like i I feel like i feel like my videos are up to the scratch of the likes of the the big guys on youtube in terms of the editing i I feel like they are there and it's progressed a lot over the year i mean doing 280 odd videos or whatever it is you do pick up pick up fairly quickly so and it is it is a it is a young, I don't know how it sounds a bit odd, but a young man's game in that technology is easier to, or not easier yes. to use, but we've we've grown up using it. So we're proficient in using it and we're quicker at using it than some of the older generations. So that helps as well. Um, is it Premiere Pro you use? No, I just use iMovie. Oh, do you? Yeah, I've considered getting it, but... It, because I'm doing five five a week, I'm never going to be spending ten hours editing yeah. a video. The the reason I ask is that I use an app called LumaFusion, and I right. just found bigger than iMovie, and it is it's iOS based. Um, uh-huh. It's twenty eight pounds once. The reason I'm so reluctant to get Premiere Pro because I do a bit of filming, not just for this stuff, I do it for work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to get Premiere Pro because I'm doing quite a bit of three sixty footage, um, and but it's like 20 odd quid a month. I hate subscriptions. <laughs> it's really annoying. I just want to pay for this once and it's done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, did you think it would get to where it is at the minute? So quickly? Um, <clears throat> mm, I did. I, uh, yeah. Yes. I know. Like you're the first, the first, few videos or whatever to get to a thousand you're like oh how long is it going to take me i'm going to get there i'm going to get there how long did that take you sorry to get to a thousand um probably like three three two three months maybe that's pretty quick just just i think for for reference i believe cami was 14 months yeah he messaged he messaged me after i said I, I put a post up on instagram saying i've done it that's me that's me a year on youtube um and whatever and he was like yeah no, no. What did I say? I can't remember. Maybe I put up like oh, I've got. I'm up at six thousand or whatever I am, and he replied, "Oh, it took me fourteen months to get to a um, thousand. But at the same time, he wasn't posting. Yeah, I know that's as right. much yeah. as I was. So it's it, it is a game where volume increases. A vo- time and volume equate yeah. to subscription. So yeah. I'm I'm doing the volume anyway. Yeah, and, and, and consistency is massive as well. So, so you film you film video today or videos for the video, and that will go out tomorrow. Um, yeah. Is that right? And and do you have like yeah. a time goes out, or do you just put them up when you're ready tomorrow? Uh, for a while, if four o'clock um, every right. day, apart from Sunday, Sunday I'd do it in the morning. Um, because right, so it's it's the work day, weekday. Yeah. Monday to Friday, so people after four or five o'clock are on the phones more, and on Sunday they're obviously all day. Um, but just the last 
yesterday's video and today's video, uh, I'd left it till like six o'clock today, um, just to try it and try different things and see what yeah. response you get from different, because you can read up on it and you can watch videos on this is the best time, this is the best time. It's like, that'll probably work to an extent, but my audience is, I, I don't know exactly, but maybe 50% are in agriculture. So it's not a demographic that is um, the same as just the whole general public. If you assume 50% of my demographic are farmers or in agriculture, then you can kind of say, okay, they're, they're not, or they're working different hours to the, the average. Yeah, and, and it would be fair to assume most won't stop at four. Yeah. Yeah, so, but then again, you get, like, it doesn't matter, like, you upload it and I get a, a, a picture on Instagram of someone in their tractor drilling and they've got their yeah, phone true. set up there watching it. So it's like, they don't have to not be working as well. And it, it's, it, it, the whole timing thing interests me I, I, because of, of what my job is, you know, it is a, a sort of nine-to-five job you know, yes, there's times where it's lenient for sure, but for the most part, it's nine to five. And I'm not like on the farm when I can be, you know, mucking about my phone or whatever. Yeah. Um, as much as much of my colleagues would say that's all I do. Uh, but I've always sort of scheduled posts, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. Every single weekday, they go out at eight o'clock. All my podcasts go out Friday at seven o'clock. And it's been like two years of that. I've not missed one weekday post on Facebook and Instagram. You know, like it, that's the sort of, we have done it and, and I've played with different times. And interestingly enough, one of the best ones was half seven in the morning. Um, now, I don't know if that was, and now that's not videos, that's not long form content, that's posts, yeah? So like uh -huh. 30 seconds. I don't know if that's people going into work or whatever, but they always did quite well. I think the best I have found is the- All right, so they, all, all of them at 7.30 did quite well. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the, in the morning that is, you know. Yeah, um, yeah whether that's hitting the commute hours or what i don't know it's but some people say it's utter nonsense and there's probably truth to that as well you know it's it's um it's just quite interesting to see what folks opinions on when when they go out are. yeah um, yeah it's yeah it's a tricky it, uh, you're, i'm i'm reluctant to just chuck a video at lunchtime because then it probably won't do as well yeah i probably should just trial different times of day and figure out what what works best but it's it, Surely it's got to be like evening because you'll know yourself or oh, the, the algorithm. The algorithms are basically, they want the best content in front of the viewer because they want the viewer to be happy and continue on their app, whether it's YouTube, whether it's TikTok, whether it's whatever. So we're just trying to tailor our video to what exactly what the viewer wants because that's what YouTube are trying to find as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a minefield. It's, it's not that easy no no absolutely and would you say youtube's a business yeah yeah it's got to be well it's like would half of the half of the 40 odd how many, how many um podcasts have you done so far uh, this will be 45 or film 50 so and yeah. how many of them are quite social media based Oh God, I, I find most people on Instagram. Um, I would say forty. <laughs> probably. Forty, right? So I, I try to have a I try to have a following with the person, so it does okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you, yeah. It's well, you're doing it. You're these. These are a social media based for sure video, so it makes sense. Um, so of those people, without a financial return from what they're doing, of those forty, how many do you think would still do it to the exact same extent they're doing it right now? This. Oh, I mean, it would be fair to assume that a lot of them aren't making money. I've had mm-hmm. Funky Farmer, I've had Cami Wilson, yourself, um, Louise Crowley's big on Instagram, uh, Carol Devaney, who's making money off apparel itself instead of the sort of... But I would still assume the majority aren't yet making money, but have the intention to make, reach that stage. Yeah, so if you know it's, so, it's for money, yeah, it's, it's going to be whether that's self promotion, like myself, I started this and I've got a job as a lecturer. You know, there's there's different ways of making money through it. Yeah, so if, if there's a, a drive to have a financial return from yeah. what you're doing, it, it, it has to be a form sure. of business. I mean, yeah, some of these people will probably argue the fact that yes, they would continue doing it if there was zero financial return in any way, shape, or form, but to what extent they would continue doing everything they're doing. I would disagree to a point. No, I mean, right. I th- disagree. No, agree with what you're saying yeah. and disagree to what they're saying because I think I have met a few folks who said that. Now, I started R2K in April 2020 and it made me the odd £100 to BBC Social, but nothing until mm-hmm. basically February when it started making money. But I knew one day it was going to. I didn't yeah. do it. I was. I really enjoyed doing it. Don't get me wrong, but the intention was to monetize it. At one point, I got interviewed by the Scottish farmer, and like two months after it started, saying the next step is monetization. But I knew with what I was doing, it wasn't YouTube videos. It wasn't that sort of content. That it was a long way to get there, and I was lucky enough to have another job. But that was fine. Um, so yeah, I think I think the majority of us are doing it to gain something, whether that's money or exposure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that as well because for the amount of time I'm putting into it, it's at right now at the at the moment it's it's not worth the time I'm putting into it. So it's I'm still at that stage, but yeah, I can I'm at that point where I can see it. It might it might be. You you I would say you're at that stage that you're you're a shout out from a big YouTuber away from that jump. Now. Purely because I've been sort of mates with Cami for a while and I've sort of followed his and I like numbers and I like analytics and stuff like that. He was at 8,000 and Sandy Brock shouted him out and I think it was like three days he was at 14,000. You know, like that, <laughs> That that's, and you're 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 almost 8,000, you, what, six, six, eight, six, nine, something like that? Yeah, six, 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 seven and a bit, I think. Yeah. So like you, you, you're near that, you're over 5,000, which is a big thing I always think. You're just someone just needs to say your name, whether it's whether it's Ollie's farm, like we're saying earlier, or or whoever. Um, yeah, yeah, I've had those things. They do, they do benefit. I have had so I had Cammy out at the farm. That's um, right. Yeah. Six months ago, so I've had him. Ollie's been at the farm as well. So the bits and bobs they do help. You see the spike in the subscribers, and then, so yeah, those those things do help. But it, as long as your content is. The, the people that come over, you want to get them to see it and keep keep wanting to watch it as well. Get, yeah, so Cami is Cami's Cami and the Hoof GP, specifically Scotland, they they do kind of hook you and you are kind of like, oh, yeah, this is good, this is good. Yeah, so and try, Hoof trying GP, it. And you go. 
No, sorry, what finish what you were going to say? No, I'm just saying, I'm try, tr trying to somewhat emulate that and trying to get people to click on it and want to keep watching it. Yeah. I mean, who, who's GP's like a... He's, he's something else. Like, I mean, he's he's almost not in the farming side. He's more in the ASMR oh. side. Yeah, like it's... I mean, what's he at 1.3 or something like that now? I, I, oh, he's, I, he's played it. He's been a different game to the rest of us, I think. Yeah, he, he's... I mean... <laughs> There's a reason he drives a Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, a McLaren, McLaren. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It's insane. Like, has he got a Lamborghini I mean, as well? I thought it was a Lamborghini he had. Um, here, maybe I'm wrong. But... The red one, the red one. <clears throat> it's orange, is it not? Has he got two? <laughs> uh, ready orange. Ready, ready orange, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah, 1.5 million. He's on 1.5 million. <clears throat> yeah, now, this is like it's like the like pimple poppers, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's exactly that. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't like it because I'm not good with that stuff. <laughs> but um, you do, it does it. <clears throat> you do notice when you go you you, you don't I don't, I don't watch with GPs every single video, but when you do go on the video, you watch it all. Yes, I agree. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it hooks you, and you're in, and you're in for all of it. You're not just like a lot. A lot of the YouTube videos you watch, you're in. You watch a bit, you skip a bit. Uh, done. Next. Whereas him, you're in. You watch it all, and you're out. And that that um, ability to retain all those people for that length of time is definitely the reason why he's got to where he is. I would like to see his retention on videos. You know, like how many minutes are people watching? Um, it'd be really interesting. Uh, yeah. But like, just for reference, I I interviewed Graham. In October 2020. Now, that wasn't a podcast. It was I did some sort of I did 26 interviews where I spoke to people and wrote a story about them. Heavily boring for everyone reading it, but um, really cool sort of idea. And, and it's where the podcast sort of came from. But I spoke to Graham, and he, I remember speaking to him on the phone on the Thursday, and he was at 309k. And when I released it on the Monday morning at 7:30, he was at 317. You know, like I remember thinking that was insane, but now looking back, he's he's built on he's one point two million on top of that. <clears throat> like he, yeah, he has, the the <clears throat> the growth seems to be just like different. Once you if you manage to keep going, it just the growth just it just seems to be some form of exponential. It's like yeah. well, Cam Cam the other day put out fifty <clears throat> k, and I checked the other day or yesterday he was at fifty. He's just about fifty six or something. So he's yeah. he's he's gained. My amount of sub sub subscribers last week. <laughs> yeah, so he's at fifty six. Yeah, that's yeah. You're right. It, 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 I don't know what it is. It's interesting as to why it happens, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're with your sort of output, how much you're thrown out. Um, it's going to happen. You can just see it. Um, it's good. Well, hope so. Hope so. Keep subscribing. <laughs> Go and subscribe. Subscribe to Crawford's Farm. Exactly, you'll be, be chasing the hoof GP soon enough. Um, yeah, oh no, that's that's not happening. <laughs> well, here he's the biggest farming YouTuber in the world, it's quite a good aspiration. Oh, different different um, gravy. Did you see what happened to poor Craig with a pickup last week? Oh, uh, I've not seen it, but I heard him mention <laughs> he rolled it. Yeah, he rolled that and the and the, and the crush. Dope. Yeah, the crush. Yeah, is there, is there um, pictures of it? <clears throat> I don't know if it's, well, I think I think he went live on Instagram or something to show it, but uh, there's there's a video on Facebook that he put up what three or four days ago, uh, and it just yeah. like just like a ramp out of the shed, and it's not got a side. You can t you wouldn't be able to see it. I know exactly what that would have looked like from the pickup. 
you see Craig run out like <laughs> um, but you know always well always fine that's what matters but um, <clears throat> no he asked me, asked me he actually, you mentioned TikTok at one point uh, Crawford, uh-huh. and we spoke off camera about that uh, and you said you've you've delved into TikTok in the last couple of weeks um, see a future there as well <laughs> I have delved into TikTok and my opinions are are uh, what are my opinions on TikTok like, I don't so yeah, I started uploading videos on TikTok, but I don't like the app and it's kind of uh, contradictory because I'm uploading videos on it, but I try not to use it because I don't like it. I think the short form videos, really, really short, and it's just given like a, people who watch it a boost of dopamine, a boost of dopamine. And I can see it myself when you watch short form videos, you just like your ability to focus and your retention it just goes out the window and it's like flick, 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 flick. And I just, if I had to pick, if I had to choose between going back like 20 years before the internet existed or, or continuing right now, and I'm trying to build a business on social media, I'd go back 20 years, 100%. Would you? Yeah. I'd, I'd, I think the, the ability to focus, is, I'm bad at, I'm bad myself at being able to focus and I can see it all the time getting worse and worse. And it's hard to stop yourself. And TikTok's just increased that tenfold because it's completely different. It's a new platform, short videos, because YouTube's always been there and it's been shorter than the normal media, <coughs> which has been like a half an hour TV show or an hour long TV program. YouTube's now, it was 10 minutes, five minutes. Yeah. And now TikTok's seven seconds. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you, if... Yeah, I don't, I don't like it, but I upload videos on it, so it's a bit of a catch too. Were you a fan of Vine? Can you say seven seconds? No, I never really <laughs> knew about it or knew that. I, 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 I'd heard about it, but I'd never been on the app or used it. There is a shockingly embarrassing account under my name on Vine out there somewhere with about eight videos on it, all of which, like... The thought that went into them must have been zero. Like, I mean, they are dreadful. Um, but yeah, it's right. And it's interesting you say if you had the opportunity to go 20 years back, uh, you would. Um, because it's weird. We're so used to it. I mean, I look on my desk right now and there's one, two, three, four, five screens. Um, that's, that's pretty unnatural, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But look, it's, it's been great to sort of... Um, uh, sort of go back on the last year, look at what you've done, look at look at what the farm is, look at what, what's happening with YouTube as well. Um, <clears throat> but we, we have two questions we ask every person that's on the R2Cast. Uh, and if you've watched the end of the last two that you did watch, you'll know them. Um, first off, it's where do you see yourself in five years? And second, uh, if you had any tips for folk coming into industry. Now, it'd be quite cool to hear you talk about farming and, um, and YouTube if you want. Uh, what would they be? Right, so the, uh, the first one, five years' time. Uh, just based on me not knowing if I was going to uni and not knowing if I'm doing this and then coming back and not knowing if I'm going to be a farmer or get a job, I don't, I don't have a plan. <laughs> I've never had a plan. I'm not good at plans. Don't use a calendar. Don't use anything like that. So I don't have a plan. As long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, that's good enough. Sure. Um, so, yeah, no plan. And then tips. Uh Farming is, is farming's not the easiest thing to get into if you're not in it already. Um, and I'm, I've never had to 
try and get into it. So it's hard to kind of base an opinion on that and share it. But get involved in any form of farming and speak to people and, and just ask people, have you got any work for me? Or you know anyone who could help me out with a job or um, as long as you're, if you're willing to work and do stuff and get your hands dirty, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. As long as you can stick at it and do a good job, you'll, you can do whatever you want. And then in YouTube side of things, um, oh, <laughs> just probably do it. Because I, I, I sat and I thought, oh, I don't know if I don't know, I don't know, will I do it, will I do it? And then after you've done 10 videos, it's like you just get into it and it's it, it becomes way more natural than it first is. It's, it's it, what is it, the variety is spice, spice of life. So, yeah, it's a bit of variety, get into it and away you go. No, I, I think that's a really good point. And, and, you know, I'm not vlogging at all. But I'm filming a lot for for the for work and for whatever. Um, the the biggest two challenges that I found starting filming was first speaking on camera yourself, and the oh, second, it's horrible. That it's weird, but now I almost feel weird not doing it. Like I'm so used to doing it. Uh, but the second one, and I find this the hardest, the first time you have to do it, is getting someone else on camera. Asking them to do that, I'm like shit. Well, if they don't want to, there's really. I'm, I, I'm still not. I still don't. <clears throat> I'm not there you yet know. at that. No, no, I'm still. It's yeah, I know what you mean. It's you. You still feel like uh, a bit of a plonker holding a camera <laughs> out here. Like, look at me, I'm filming myself. But, I, but the people who I'm standing in front of, thinking I want to get you in the video, they know I make videos. They know I do that, yeah. and like, there's no harm to it. So I should probably just get on with it. But yeah, I know what you mean. No, it's a surreal one. That it really is. Um... But yeah, no, been great, great to chat. It's uh, it's good, to, it's good to meet other folk at my age. Actually, you know, I meet meet a lot of folk through all this stuff, and um, a lot of people that sort of have have followings and stuff are normally a bit older than us. Not loads older, but a bit older. Uh, so it's quite fun to meet someone that's twenty five as well, um, and just sort of see the transition of of how it's happened. And to be honest, you and I have done a quite similar from uni, and then sort of moving into a job, different jobs, but still in the same industry. So it's been really cool to do. So where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? <clears throat> oh God, no one's ever done this. Uh, what is thirty year old year old Wallace doing? Oh, here I, I'd love to still be lecturing. Thirty? Um, oh, gee, I didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah, I know it's 30. tough, that, isn't it? What, <laughs> married? I don't know. Married? Um, <laughs> nah, that's, that's way too advanced. Mum and dad, if you're listening, I'm not planning it. Don't worry. Um, the yeah, no, I, th I think I think my goal <clears throat> has been for some time now since I started the job and since I was doing this was to be teaching because it, it is I it is made it's a job made for me. Like I just love it um, to be teaching, but it not to be my primary income source. I think that's that's the goal. Yeah, uh, yeah if I can do that, great. I want to get into property. I want this to make a bit of money. So yeah, I think that would be the the, the five five year call. <laughs> oh well, good luck with that. We'll cross paths again, I'm sure. Oh, I'm quite certain. Well, you said you'd be at Highland, didn't you? So, yeah, I've not I've not looked at getting a ticket or anything, but yeah, that's the point. No, it's, it's quite tricky. You've got to make sure it's all ordered and stuff. Is it? It's a bit confusing. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, you have to order it and stuff. There's been loads of stick in the Scottish farmer. A bit. Oh, I'm <laughs> 
this is it. No, is this is this talking no, the about Scottish Farmer? Scottish Farmer. You're absolutely allowed to say that. It's the Scottish yeah, there's farmer. been yeah, been a lot of stick thrown about out at the at the Highland show about having to make it ticketed, but I, I would agree with that. Though. That's that's not you, you think that. you think no. it shouldn't be. Well, I agree with the stick because, and the reason for that is right. Mm-hmm. You you said not long ago we are sort of made for this tech and stuff like that. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. The, okay. <laughs> the the diff the difficulty is there's a lot of people out there that are not <clears throat> a lot of people true but the majority of those people who aren't techie they've got a son or a daughter or someone who is and it's just just to book a ticket for it's, it's, it's going to benefit the show because the the show will probably earn more income in terms of uh, more income. They'll be able to sell more tickets on the Thursday and Friday than they normally yep. do if the Saturday and Sunday are sold out. So there's possibilities for them to get more money. And the show is a uh, is all the money goes into the pot and it's spent yep. on the show. So it benefits the show that way as well. So there's there's two ways to look at it. But I'm on I, the side of get ticketed. I see what you're saying, and 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 it, being ticketed in my head makes more sense but there should be an easier way to do it for folk that can't just go online and do it. Because from what I understand, you can't phone up. It's not a... Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe I agree with that then, if they could add yeah. in like a, some form of just be able to... Because, yeah, a lot of these guys who are not that techy and not interested in it, yeah, they can jump on the phone. Sure. and it's it, Yeah, they should be able to do that, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if they had the phone and online ticketing, there shouldn't be any complaints. I would completely be with you on that one. Uh, I, I bought, I bought a, a membership. You know, I buy a membership every year, and I'm like, why don't I buy a lifetime? <laughs> I, I do this every single year. I never actually buy the, the full one. Um, but no, it's been great to chat. Um, next next week, guys, uh, for those of you listening, we have Gemma Lane, the agri-social scientist, coming on. Uh, Gemma uh, did a master's in environmental science. Oh, two people with master's in a row. Oh. Uh, talking of, yeah, I know. What a collegiate group the R2 cast is. Um, we talked food security. We talked uh, labelling in supermarkets. Um, yeah, good episode. Uh, and I hope you look forward to that one. Hope you've enjoyed Crawford today. Um, hope you've enjoyed yourself, Crawford. Uh, yeah thank you very much for having me on and you're doing well keep going no thank you and and, and very much the same back to yourself and for those of you listening we shall see you in a week's time see you later on see you later well that's it another r2cast finished another agricultural mind opened up and i would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done but i've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.